This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Wood from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. It is time once again for a riveting edition of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, the potentially award-winning podcast, I might add, right here in beautiful Sherrard, Illinois, 1600 Buckslayer Place is where we're at right now, the Bucketorium. I am Steve in uh, in his house, in the studio, Kurt. Hello. <laughs> nice to be in your house. That is where we at, is what you where, said. Where we at. Ross Bigger is here from Respect the Game, one yep. half. Of the Mile Time Club and Austin Chandler. Howdy. What's, what's going on, buddy? Not much. We have a great episode. We'll get to we'll get to you. You have a great story. Probably more entertaining than anything I've ever said on here. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm <laughs> guessing. Probably, well, maybe not more entertaining, but there's a lot more depth and like accomplishment in what he's about to say than probably anything you've ever said. And make your own judgment if you uh, if you uh, disagree. Second that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you disagree with uh, the two uh, two of these here, you can uh, find us at workingclassbowhunter.com, workingclassbowhunter at gmail.com. Email us. You can contact us all through workingclassbowhunter.com. You always chat out the email. <laughs> Cracks me up. <laughs> uh, the podcast is brought to you this week and every week uh, by Elite Archery. Um, check out EliteArchery.com. I'm shooting the Tempo this year, and it shoots a lot better than Steve's Option 6, um, probably Operator. Um, but ne- uh, Yeah, negative. That Option 6 is a fantastic bow. What are you guys shooting? You, I got I to gotta say the same. Attaboy. I'm shooting Option oh. 6. So. Austin? I'm still shooting an old 2013 Elite Hunter. Okay, the Elite Hunter and the Tempo versus the Options. I still have some Hunters. Two of them hanging on the rack. Look at that, man! Keep the they're a good shooting alert. bow. They're an awesome. They're all good. I love my synergy. Yeah. No reason to get rid of it. That's why I'm still shooting it. Yep, <laughs> it still yeah. kills things, yeah, which we're going to talk about. But uh, speaking of killing things, if you want to kill odor, scent crusher is <laughs> what you need to go to. Scentcrusher.com, eliminating odor with science. Get the ozone go in your truck. If your truck is stinky, it's getting hot. 
all you working men and women out there getting all sweaty and nasty, plug that thing in. Truck will be smelling fresh in the morning. <laughs> the best plug for Scent Crusher ever. <laughs> the podcast is also brought to you by HHA Sports, uh, leader in single pen sites. And now, drop away rest. They they got it all. Uh, lifetime warranty, made in America, and they support our veterans. All things that are good. Yeah. Speaking of uh, um, all things that are good, Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing, mm-hmm. anything that you get off that menu is going to be good. That's a Steve guarantee. You should be the poster boy for Smith's. Like, oh boy! <laughs> you know when you like go somewhere, like you know how T Bone's like the the poster boy for like the Whitetails Unlimited banquets. That should be you for Smith's. <laughs> Ask Scott about it. We'll see what he's got to say. We can make I, a poster. I've, I've heard enough about Smith's that this year I'm going to take. Dude, they're they're I'm yeah, taking a deer for sure. Great so. family, man. It's just easy to deal with. You know, you can ask them questions. They know about all of it. Like, you know, this is how we do it. Oh, you want to sample a little bit of it and see if you like it? Yep. They'll grab that for you. Now, I, they're probably hating me for that because everyone's like, yo, I heard you got samples. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hold on. This isn't Sam's Club. Let's get well, out of yeah, here. Yeah, you got <laughs> yeah, to be a, you gotta be a top uh, platinum member. You know what I'm saying? Somehow I got that. So thanks to all our, our sponsors and supporters of the show and everyone that listens every week. It means a lot. And 164 outdoors. We need to we need to get an update here, maybe yeah. in a couple episodes. You don't got to do it now, but I'm not going to now. Okay, uh, we'll talk about it soon. Yeah, I know we. Uh, I've I've been selling some bows. We just I haven't uh, haven't got a chance to push it. I didn't mean to much. put you on the spot. Just two, a lot of things going on at the same time right now. Uh, buying a new farm uh, with a house on it. Trying to get my family moved in there. So I'm a little. Busy time. Strung out, yeah, and it's right. busy time wiring. So I, we'll, we'll talk about it here, but there's there's some things going to change. For it's, sure. Steve, you got a vet shout-out? I do have a vet shout-out. We're going to go with Lance Cavanaugh, HHC 3-504. Please, I hope I'm saying that right. Paratrooper medic, 82nd Airborne. Your buddy Gene Miller wanted us to shout you out. So thank you for your service, everything that you've done for this country. And thank you for allowing us to do this podcast in English. I'd rather not be doing it in Russian. Thank you for your service. And thanks for the shout-out, Steve, on that one. Moving to our episode, Ross and Austin, thanks for coming into the studio again. We thanks always have a good us. time. Man, the, the heart and soul of Biggsville, Illinois, man. How about it? Oh, you don't even live in Biggsville, do you? Oh, kind of in between. That's yeah. the next metropolitan area next to where you're at, right? Right. I'm yeah, about there you go. 15 minutes <laughs> north of there. Well, uh, Ross has done a handful sprawling. of podcasts with us. You've done one before at 164 Outdoors. That, that was your first one? It was. So how many does this make, Ross? You're on a mm. pile now. Six. People can't get enough of you in that, that pretty face, <laughs> oh. even though that it's a pretty voice. But uh, <laughs> your old news, Austin's new news. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah exactly. we got the new meat. <laughs> Welcome to the studio. we got a lot to talk about. We're, we're burning time right now. You just recently went on a pretty cool hunt that is probably every Midwest hunter's like bucket list dream hunt. Oh, I, you meant cool. I thought you meant like temperature cool because it's a little bit cooler up where he's it was, Jeez, dude. It was, nah, I had to bring it down. It was warmer up there than it was back home. Was it now? It or not. Mid-60s, low-70s, really nice weather up there. So we had a really good week. It rained on us on the way in, bringing gear in and... Other than that, that was the only time it rained the whole week, so it was great. Where were you at? Where were you at? We were we flew into Saskatoon, Canada, Saskatchewan, and uh, hopped in a rental car and then went three and a half hours north. Um, Dorantosh was the name of the little town close to Dorantosh, mm-hmm. Saskatchewan, and followed uh, Jason Peterson on back to his place, mm-hmm. and he put us on a on a pile of bears. Man, that was your first you've been on a bear hunt before haven't i went you? last year in manitoba and kind of got hooked on the bear hunting so i had to do yeah. it again this year so yeah boy i'm already getting the itch to go back I, are you really I told myself it's going to be four or five years before i do it again but the wheels are already turning i want to go back <laughs> really that see i always pictured like a black bear hunt. i want to i want to kill a black bear for sure uh, with my bow but like right now not doing it i see it as something i do once and then maybe there'd be like you said maybe once every five years or every yeah but, I was wondering once if, you do it, then it's addictive. That's it's like just white a totally, tails? just a totally different hunt than a whitetail hunt. But mm-hmm. I just look forward to it all year long. I like it better than turkey hunting, if I can say that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 
What are you doing to me, Steve? You, you had a hair on the ear, on your bill of your cap, and it was annoying me. He's reaching at me like he's my mother. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you I, would just uh, lean in. Talking about turkeys, I'm not. I like killing turkeys and shooting turkeys and turkey hunting, but it just doesn't do it for me like it does, yeah, like a whitetail or something like that, you know. But yeah, I like yeah. We 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 Austin and I had a pretty rough turkey season. I don't want to. I don't want to get on turkeys just yet. We need to no, win. yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let Austin roll with this bear. Yeah. So your second time bear hunting, did it? Did you think it was going to go the same, or was it kind of planned out to be a way different hunt than what you've experienced before? We knew it was going to be a little different. I mean, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, you know, you're talking about several hundred miles in between them, so we knew mm-hmm. it was going to be quite a bit different. Right. Um, but it didn't disappoint. We rolled into camp really remote. I mean, from the time we parked the car, which was – it took forever to get up there in the first place, but we parked the car and then we do, we go another hour and twenty minutes on a four wheeler back to the camp, uh-huh. and then from camp we go another forty or forty five minutes on four wheeler back to the bait. So it was oh, really? way back Oof. in the boonies. It's just a straight adventure at this point. Yeah. Now, now I've heard, uh, and I don't know how true this is. Can you only hunt in the afternoons, or can you hunt mornings for a bear hunt? Traditionally, you're going to hunt in the afternoons. Okay. You're going to you're going to sleep in. You're going to eat lunch, and then you're going to go on around 2 or 3 o'clock, set in the stand five or six hours. It gets dark late, you know, 9.30 was Mm. shooting light there. But in Manitoba, Mm -hmm. it was like 10 o'clock before we got out of the stand there. So So, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of cool. So if you plan a week week hunt, you know, uh, like a week's long, you're only hunting the afternoon, so you're kind of eliminating like half your chances if – if you were going to do like a week's hunt at, you know, an outfitter for a whitetail. So, right. I mean, is but you're it, also not hunting. It doesn't get dark at five. That is true. You're, you're logging six hours a day in a stand. So you're still putting a pretty good amount of time. In. Okay. Right. But it's fun there. It's action packed. It doesn't, I mean, it, it's, it picks up as the evening goes on. And normally the bigger bears, you expect to come out more towards darkness. So mm-hmm. that, that anticipation's there, just like with a whitetail hunt. You're waiting on the big boys to creep out of the shadows. Keeps you motivated to sit until yeah. very last light. But at this place, at Jason's place, you, it wasn't a long set. Like in a lot of hunts, it'll be a boring first three or four hours. You're like twiddling your thumbs. But at this place, you're chasing bears off the bait when you go in. <laughs> you get up in the tree, and you're trying to hang your bow up, and the bears are already back on the bait. I mean, it's we've seen bears the whole time we sat. It just makes time go quick. Oh, so. it's the fastest six hours I've ever spent. So how many yeah. day hunt was this when you booked it initially? Five-day hunt, okay. and I hunted two days. <laughs> really? Yep. Did, my, after the first day, were you like, Okay, I'm going to kill one, like, for sure. We've seen three bears the first night, and they were all pushing 200 pounds. They were all real nice bears. You know, right. the backs were up close to the top of the barrel, so they were nice bears. Mm-hmm. Um, third night, we go in, three bears on the bait. One's really tall, big boar, and we get set up in the tree, and we're watching him. I'm just like, you know, it's only the second night of a five-night hunt. I want to take my time. I want to get, you know, I don't want to be sitting in the lodge for three more days. Right. So we were setting, oh, two hours, two hours, three hours, and this bear that I ended up shooting, we see it coming through the timber, and the other three bears on the bait seen it and just scattered. So we're like, all right, that's a good sign. That's the boss, you know. <laughs> so it uh, makes its way in, and I watch the bear for a half hour probably it's all around us it's it's running the bears off they're trying to come back in Mm -hmm. it's running other bears up the tree i mean right in front of us 10 yards from us it was incredible we got it all on film so it's pretty wild but i can't imagine like what it'd be i I just have no idea what it's like to hunt something like that yeah you know action-packed the whole time so it's like hunting something that can kill you like that's well, that's a the whole thing. New level. People, I'm, I mean, I don't know if you really. I don't have a lot of friends that are ignorant to hunting, which is a good thing. But do you? I don't know if you have friends that don't hunt or don't understand like bear hunting. Are they like, oh my god, you're gonna go bow hunting for oh, a bear? Oh yeah, my girlfriend was terrified when I told really? her I was going up there, but it's not. I'm comfortable after doing it for two seasons. Like after I shot my bear, we got down and we're tracking it, and there was a bear following us around like twenty, thirty yards from us, mm-hmm. right at dark. And the guy's like, "All right, I'm going to leave you here. I'm going to go back and get the four wheeler." So <laughs> I'm sitting there alone in the dark with a black bear, you know, twenty yards from me. But right. 
if you don't mess with them, I mean, unless you find a really aggressive one, you don't have anything to worry about. I feel like they're pretty docile or known as yeah. being relatively docile. They're spooky. Until you yeah. see this video, like, the last few days that came oh, out of yeah. that getting attacked. You watch that yet, Ross? No, I missed it. This guy's got a recurve. He's got a GoPro on his head or something like that. He's in, like, a little, like, couple fall-down trees inside of, like, an old log road or something. And I don't know what, like, happened. Like, the black bear wasn't there. And then all of a sudden, or maybe he was initially stalking it in the first place. I don't know what he was doing. And then it's like all of a sudden the black bear's up the road and it just turns and just right on top of him. Rushes him and he tries to draw back and then the arrow like comes off of his bow. Yeah. And the next thing you know, he's rolling around on the ground. The bear's like, looks like it's on top of him. It was like death scream. Like he knew he was like, <laughs> uh oh, I could be done for it here. And then it just, it must have just took off. Yeah. Realized it was more wow. fight than yeah, that's why you practice your jujitsu. I mean, he probably could have submitted that bear had he trained a little bit in a better <laughs> dojo. We should have hopped in a Yeti cooler or something, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, it is bear proof. <laughs> <laughs> so you filmed this whole hunt. Jason Peterson, the guide up there, he was sitting with me, mm-hmm. and uh, he had the little camera going, and we uh, we got everything on film. So it's pretty pretty cool to bring that back home with you and be able to show your friends. Right. Yeah. We have audio. Well, we have the video, but we can play the video or like your kill shot, and we can play the audio. And let me. Uh, we should be ready to go. I think it should be all hooked up. My computer's ready to go. Let's see. It would be cool, with, like to kill an animal like that—a bear, something you can't hunt every day—and have it on film. And you, it's almost like you can replay it over and over and show everyone. It's it's awesome. You can get one of them deals that like Ross has at your uh, at your shop, where it has that picture that plays up. Oh, here it is. All right, you ready? Yep. Now, do you, what what brought it? What brought it? Let's talk about the the video. So that's the shot. You hear you stopped him. So I did a no no in the bear woods. I turned it into a timing shot where I didn't let the bear. I had I had ample opportunity to do this a half hour before. So I'm watching the bear. I finally make up my mind. I tell the camera I made up my mind. I'm going to shoot this bear. Mm-hmm. I reach over to pick up my bow, and the bear just starts walking away right off the bait as soon as i said that and went to reach for the bow it starts walking away so i'm like well there was my chance at this one but Mm -hmm. you know i knew there was a lot of time in the hunt so we're sitting there waiting about half hour later the bear comes back in and as soon as it does it runs off a couple other bears and then it's coming down this road to the side of us away from the bait Mm -hmm. and i told the guide i said when it comes into this opening i'll shoot it well i turned it into a timing shot instead of letting it come back into the bait and stand there and present the perfect shot standing still yeah we let it walk in and and you could hear jason bleed at the bear there to stop it so what a timing shot does it rushes you just like a whitetail Mm -hmm. walking by you turn it into a timing thing you stop it and you get on it and you shoot Mm -hmm. well bear hunting i found that the you have to be a lot more careful on your shot placement and I've heard this from both of the guys I bear hunted with. If you don't get both lungs, that bear's just going to take off. Mm-hmm. If you get one lung, he's going. Mm-hmm. So, turn doing what I did and shooting him, walking through a shoot, walking into a shooting lane is probably not the smartest thing to do. But I was excited, got caught up in the moment. I did it. Right. I shoulder shot the bear, so I was two or three inches further to the right than I wanted to be. And you can hear that in the video we just played. It smacks that shoulder and takes off and it didn't look to me like i got but four or five inches of penetration so i was pretty nervous about getting both lungs with that kind of penetration Mm -hmm. well lo and behold we get down no blood we walk all the way up walking back to the four-wheeler and we just spot the bear laying there flip it over and i'd went all the way through and poked down the other side so i really got to take my my hat off to that broadhead that i was using it's a slick trick raptor trick it's their new expandable oh okay and it's uh i'm anxious to try it on some deer after seeing the performance on that bear it was pretty impressive <laughs> ross that was a year trying to sell me those yeah they look mean they're, i think i've got uh, a dozen packages hanging right now yeah and they are and they're you know a lot of guys have shot rage over the years this mm-hmm. is very very similar and and actually uh lower price so hey gotta like that yeah yeah we uh we had that one i was i was sitting there messing with and they look they look really really i i'd like to see what they do on whitetails <laughs> yeah. that's a you know i'm i'm agreeing with you 100 percent. you know you 
got the bear down. So, yeah, you, fi- you walk up, up on him on the way back to the four-wheeler? Yeah. Yeah, Jason's like, there's your bear laying right there. You know, I figured we were going to be in for a full day of grid searching, and he didn't make it 100 yards. So the broadhead went through, passed all the way through, poked both lungs, and the bear was done. So that was a relief. And bears are thin-skinned, but their bones are pretty hard. Yeah, so he, <laughs> right through the shoulder. That's right through the shoulder is pretty good yep. statement for so, so is this your biggest bear? Sticks and stones, right? <laughs> it was funny. It was really close to the size of the one I shot last year in Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Both bears were about 18 inch on the skull, so right at Pope, Pope and Young, Young mm-hmm. minimum. But I flipped this bear over, and as aggressive as it was, we would have never thought it, but it ended up being a sow. It was a big oh, really? old sow. And I don't know if my guide was just telling me this to make me feel good or not, but he said that's probably the second best sow I've seen since I've been doing this for 20-some years. So, Oh, really? Not, you know, 250-pound sow is a nice size. That's what, a big old bear. What is, like... Big mama. What's, like, booner-sized bear, like, just a monster? Well, Ross's bear that he shot was knocking on 400 pounds in a, what, Ross, 20-inch? 20-inch school. That's that's a big noggin. That's a, that's big, a big bear. black bear, for yep. sure. Cause like, it, was the same, it was the same thing when... Uh, and, and Austin went to the same camp that... Uh, I went to up there with Jason uh, two years ago. Yep. Um, and same concept when that bear rolled in, there was a sow and three cubs uh, and two other smaller boars running around. And they, uh, she ran them off like they were nothing. Or this, this, my, the bear I shot, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the boar, he, he ran, <laughs> they ran and jumped up the tree with the, which for, an hour and a half she ran every bear that came in there off mm-hmm. but as soon as he come down the hill uh she ran up a tree with the cubs and he walked in and just stomped so, the ground <laughs> where do, like how do you measure the uh it's length and width it's length and width yeah. so from the like the the longest point you know the te- if the teeth stick out you don't measure from the teeth it's from sure, the skull right. to the edge of the skull from the basically the orbital bone on each end from the widest point 20 inches is hefty yeah, so 20 inches. I've, met, I've measured a few black bear, and they've all been in the 18-inch range. Um, but I know, like, I think Pope and Young, I could be wrong, for a black or for a brown bear, it's like 21, 22, I think, in there somewhere. I might be wrong on that. I could look I it up. But. I think they're – well, I can tell you this. In that same camp, I don't know if you'd seen it or not when you were up there, Austin, but there was a uh, – Oh, like two years ago, there was another guide with Jason uh, that actually lived at this cabin, and he had shot a bear in camp that was being a nuisance. Um, it was a nuisance bear, and he ended up shooting, and he told me, uh, I want to say that skull was like 21 three-quarter, and it was a black bear. It was, a, it was huge. So then I got my skull cleaned up. And just laid it next to his, and it looked like a coyote skull next to a <laughs> grizzly bear. Well, the, the bears of Savo. Well, here's the... Uh, People will get that reference. So, <laughs> the record Pope and Young black bear taken in 93 in California was 23 and 3 sixteenths inches. Skulls are to the near 16th of an inch instead okay. of eighth, like antlers. Um, the record Pope and Young brown bear from Alaska is 29 and 3 sixteenths. Jason said he shot one up there. His biggest bear ever was twenty two two. Twenty two two. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's incredible. That's a big one. And he said that wasn't the heaviest bear I, I shot. He said I shot one that was like six seventy one time and he said it didn't have the biggest it didn't have the biggest skull on it. Bears That's are pretty thing. fast. Well, yeah, because that bear wasn't smart, man. Didn't have enough brain. Got fat. You know? <laughs> well, Just so turned into a sheep. <laughs> that was the the twenty nine and, and three sixteenths was an Alaskan brown bear and lake. Liamna, Alaska, whatever, doesn't matter. And then the grizzly bear in taking an 09 in Alaska is 27 and a 16th. Polar bear record for Pope and Young, um, 26 and 10 sixteenths. Uh, did they, didn't they shut that down? You're not supposed to kill polar bears now. I don't know the whole thing. All I know is when I took my measures course, they're like, you will never measure a polar bear and you will never measure a, uh, I want to say they told me a muskox. How about a panda? Really? Yeah, I've measured plenty of pandas. Okay. That's the thing. Like that's a misconception. Like they actually think they're on the <laughs> man. This monster panda was shot at the St. Louis County Zoo. <laughs> White rhinos. <laughs> Some kid fell in the enclosure. We had nothing to do. <laughs> All right, let's back to serious. Let's get to serious talk. <laughs> we, went, we went off the deep end a bit, but we're back. We got so. Uh, you guys have both been in bear camp. Me and Kurt have not. My question is if. 
and for all his listeners out there, if we wanted to play in a bear hunt, like we're getting excited, what are the things that, because you guys have been there, what do you look for? What is the number one thing that if you wanted to do a bear hunt up in Canada that, or you can put a list together, what would you look for? Big thing for me, like you said, you're starting to hunt at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, I get up early. I get up, you know, even in bear camp when I sleep in, I'm still up by 7. So I like oh. to get up and do some fishing. So yeah, 2 or 3 like in the to, afternoons early for me. Yeah, yeah well, then you're not going to worry about the fishing as much. But <laughs> I like to get up and go fishing, so that's big for me. Mm-hmm. And then I like to look at, like, uh, prior history of the place, like the, the, the type of bears that they're going after, you know. Right. If they're happy shooting... 200 pound bears that are sub pope and young i'm probably not going to look at them real hard i want to go to those places that have a history of needs, waiting on the big bears needs to have a very reputable yep uh um outfitter or yep. a bear camp that you know you've you've heard good things about good and, customer and, reviews and all that you know there there are a lot of good guys up mm. there in canada uh but i'd i'd say jason peterson by far what's his uh what's his name or like, what is his outfitter's name? Canadian Whitetail Outfitters is the name of the outfitters. He's actually partnered up with Dean Partridge of Canadian Whitetail Television. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got two camps. The camp I hunted in is the South Camp. He hunts there earlier. Obviously, it's warmer down south, so he he hunts that in May, and then uh, towards the later part of the season, he packs up and then he goes north about 500 miles to the North Camp, and that's where he has the big uh, fishing spot. Really oh, good, okay. world-class pike fishing. Cree River Lodge yep. is what that's called. Yep. See, I'd like to I'd like to go on a black bear hunt, definitely. And But the thing is, I would want to get a, a Pope and Young. Like, that's probably be my baseline. But the thing is, it's like last day. How often are you going to go black bear hunting? If, if, if I got the yeah. thumbs up, what do you do? And how do you how do you judge? They're when so a, hard to judge. When that's a bear's insane. coming in, because it's tough. Because they're all big blobs of fur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how, what's what's the best way to do it? I, I've, I've heard the barrel thing. You made the, the barrel. barrel's an easy way to do it. So if you a, a fifty gallon barrel's standing up on end, if a bear's backs up to that or above it, or if it looks like you could have a hard time putting the bear into the barrel, then that's a good indicator that it's a good size bear. Really, but. It's like Jason said, we don't measure bears off their weight. We measure them off their skulls. So he's experienced enough. He just looks at their head and he can tell the difference in an 18 and a 19 inch bear, which for somebody like me, you know, bear that's 20 yards away, an inch, you can't, you just can't tell the difference. Well, Mm -hmm. and another, another thing, uh, and I think you probably got to see this too, but what I noticed when I was there was the, it's, it's almost like a mature buck to a three-year-old or a two-year-old buck. Yeah, for a whitetail hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to judge a five-year-old from a two- or three-year-old, you can just watch their demeanor as right. they walk in. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. see the your bear walked in, yep. and it's like a whole nother Yeah, you just game. know that. They're not scurrying around and running and jumping and playing. They're 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 on business. They're running yeah, it, yeah. So. Yeah, they're there for one reason. Yeah. Setting up right. the trees just like a buck, you know, rubs and scents up the area. The bears do the same thing. They want to let everybody know that they're the boss. Right. Yeah, I think uh, – you know, I think I would have any uh, a hard time getting any bear into a barrel, let alone a big cage. <laughs> you know, I think that would be a struggle, no matter how big the bear is. That's the one thing he held on to. Yeah, at all the I, things I, I just said. But you know, that's that's very interesting. You know, just to be able to pick that up. So, you know, this isn't going to be a first time. I I I wouldn't assume that anybody grew up on bear hunting. You know, I think once you get how other animals or white tails and things like that work out, you know, you'll be able to see who's the big guy. You never know, man. Maybe you could pick it up if you see enough bear over time. Well, and it's like, uh, I, I, a lot of people listening in on this, we're all blessed to get to hunt white tails, especially here in the Midwest. A mm-hmm. lot of people really want to come hunt these deer that we're hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're all blessed to get to hunt the white tails that we do this trip to or a trip to canada to kill mm. a big old black bear and do fishing and or do fishing either way it, it's a it could be considered as a, a trip of a lifetime so absolutely when you, when you go you obviously everybody wants wants to come home with something uh, yeah i mean that's that's where it's there you're making memories uh so mm-hmm. to get really picky and hold out until the last day to try to make a decision yeah. on one it's tough you just you take advantage of the opportunity if you get it and uh 
Anyways. What kind yeah. of mount are you doing, Austin? I'm going to do a full body. Really? Yeah, boy. Like, got a paw up in the air and then one on a rock, and then it's kind of a hard turn looking mm-hmm. off to the side right at you, so it'll be a pretty cool mount. What did you do with last year's bear? I did a rug did with you? that one. Yep, he's under the pool table. That is classic. That's yeah. the thing. We were talking about that. Uh, we have like a little working class bow hunter mm-hmm. like group chat. We're talking about black bears. I'm like, oh, I don't know what kind of mount I would do. And if I, I like the skull. You, you always get the skull, even if you get it mounted, which is awesome. But a lot of black bear mounts are pretty can be pretty rough. They and, can be. And I, I was talking to Mark about it. Mark Moneybags, our taxidermist, and he sent me just a whole pile of references of like incredible black oh, bear yeah. mounts. Oh sure. Yeah, what are you laughing at? I just thought if I like. I got a koala bear rug. I would just oh, have geez. that like a hand towel thing. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, dude, how awesome would that be? You go to my house. Why did I ask why you were laughing? <laughs> you shouldn't have. Why did I tell you? I should have just kept it to myself. I will I will say uh, Austin's rug is really, it's not just a rug, just flat out. He's got the head mounted. Yeah, so those are awesome. He's got his yeah, mouth oh, yeah. open, teeth showing, and it's, it's, it's really cool. Do you like those on the floor more than like, hey, because I think that's a super classic thing, but when... You know, people have them on the wall. It, it's cool, but I, I think on the floor, that's just, that's classic. A couple, yeah, it is, My honestly. first intention was to put it up on the wall just so nobody was stepping on it or walking around it. And it just, it didn't have that wow factor. And I put it on the floor. It's like, man, this thing's got to go on the floor. It just yeah. looks so cool with that mm-hmm. big mouth open. You don't have anyone, like, around your pool table, like, drop a beer when or, it, like... When I play... Nobody gets close to the table with a drink anyways. I make those stay on the bar, but I have to fold his feet up, put his feet under the table when we shoot. Right, right. <laughs> That's the thing. I'd be so worried about, like, don't spill a beer or, like, yeah. I don't know. If I've been – Kids I've been are over. Torn. So when he told me he was getting his uh, this rug made, uh, trying to figure out where he was going to put it, I had an idea, and I don't know what it looked like, but I, I thought it would be really cool if you built a cool-looking pool table light. Just build it out of wood and then – somehow laid this bear over the top of that oh yeah and then let the light shine down underneath him on the pool table and have that head sitting on top of it i thought that would be kind of cool i like but the way he's got it set up in his place under the tables dude i I can't wait to go play pool with him and then just like have my pool cue like right over it and just chalk and (laughs) just chalk (laughs) (laughs) dude hey i didn't know this bear had a blue butt man So he just gets punched down the stairs. He's just looking for trouble. <laughs> Never to do a podcast ever again because you can't talk. Your mouth is wired shut. <laughs> I'm I'm on top of his. I'm on where the light is. Just hey, yeah, he uh, chalked on my bear, so don't ever do that. <laughs> he makes a rug out of you. You're probably cover, poping you cover out. a lot of area. Yeah, cover the whole ceiling. Couldn't fit you in a barrel. No, <laughs> fifty gallon. You better get a hundred fifty gallon. Was that a fat joke? <laughs> oh, it sure was. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Or put some jelly donuts in there too. Let, well, let what were you guys you. baiting with? So they filled the barrel full of oats, and then they put cooking grease in on top of the oats, and they had holes poked in the barrel, so they'd like lick the oats out of the barrel. Mm. So they just kept coming out of the hole as they would lick it it was kind of funny to watch him feed off that barrel and then to make the beavers last longer he used beavers he'd take a big uh pipe mm-hmm. and put the beaver up into the pipe and like wire them into the pipe so they they'd get up in there and try to chew on it and pull it out and claw on it but they just it made the beaver last a lot longer so uh, <laughs> that's something that you learn for doing it for 20 years jason's been guiding like full-time guiding as a full-time job for 25 years so right. he's learned a lot of tricks Oh yeah. Do those guys up there? Do they eat bear meat a lot? Is it, is it like a? They're not white big t- fans of the bear meat. No. No. Nope. I thing is, I'd have to. I don't. I, I brought like... some back from my Manitoba bear, and you can't grill it. I haven't found a good way to grill it, anyways. But the best way I've found to fix it is throw it in the crock pot for like five or six hours, mm-hmm. barbecue, and then do like a pulled pork type sandwich. It's a pulled boar. Pulled pulled bear. Yeah. Pulled boar. Pulled yeah. bear. Pulled bear. I had a. I've talked about this on the podcast before. One of my dad's coworkers had shot a black bear and gave him a couple bear steaks. My dad gave them to me, and I grilled them. I cooked them like a deer steak, not knowing. I mean. It's been frozen, so I'm sure I had no threat of like trichinosis or anything like that. But it was it tasted like mud to me. But I, they're tough. I, I played a couple factors, like who knows where he shot it, who knows how old the meat actually was, who knows how he took care of it, right. when he cleaned it, and all that. So I'm I'm basically clean sit, slate, like I've never had it. It's kind of my. I've process. got some left over from my bear last year. If you want to try some, I'll bring some up. If you're not going to eat it, I would love to, I would love to take it off your hands. Yeah, but if you're going to eat it. 
I've got plenty. Okay. I, yeah, I would make love him, some. Make him grill it for you or fix it for oh, you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. go down and do a podcast. You guys come down house. and do a podcast in my place. We'll have some pulled bear sandwiches. Let's we'll do we'll it. shoot yeah. pool. Yeah. yeah. Can't awesome. Wait. Here's, um, here's what I had to ask. When you were up there, you know, were you considering at any point, yeah, I would come up here and hunt whitetail or, and, or were you looking for like deer signs like you always do every time you're in the woods? I thought we had some good deer down here, but that place up there, like, a lot more 200 inch tight deer than what we have here they have got some monsters absolutely they've and, got mm. one mounted in the corner of the cabin that was like 207 but not a lot of non-typical stuff just a huge typical frame they've just got a lot of big heavy horn deer up there damn i mean the canada is just dark chocolate rack is mm-hmm. it was that up there mm-hmm. the genetic is real heavy yeah. big bodied deer just a typical canadian whitetail like yeah. i said the guy that films canadian whitetail television is based out of that that's their big deer camp is that camp i bear hunted in so i was it's like crazy. right in the heart of the right in the heart of the whitetail country i wonder what they're you guys should give him a follow on facebook too because i might already he watch yeah he, he posts some awesome pictures between canadian whitetail television and jason peterson's end of the wild on instagram those are fun po- those are fun sounds like podcast watch. coming up yeah, I, I don't think it's so. Maybe in Canada, how awesome would that be? That would be pretty sweet. I wonder what the in difference Bear is. Camp. That oh. would be awesome. That would be awesome. Anytime I'm going to go on a hunt anywhere, I'm bringing podcast Steve. equipment. Steve, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't wait. Kurt's going on his first red stag hunt. Steve, you might as well come along and ruin the trip for me, like you ruin everything else in my life. If you're going on a red stag hunt, I'm going too. Yes, and yeah. then Steve's not coming. Ross, would you like to come with? I'm coming. <laughs> anyone out Steve's there? Anyone on. else want to come? <laughs> we'll take an old party bus. Anybody Steve's not invited. Steve. <laughs> you just be the guy to like carry our bags and stuff. I no, would be, dude. I, if you, if you if were I had going, to choose to bring him along and carry our bags, or me carry my bags, I'll just carry my bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all day. <laughs> dude, he'll even put lead weights in his own bags. <laughs> I'll make it harder for myself to carry my own bags if Steve doesn't come. I just anything but that. Now, speaking of carrying the bags, that was a sight to see the both of us dragging bears back through the airport. So, oh, yeah, how's yeah. this all work? We we flew up there. My first flight ever. I was really nervous and coming back. So we've got our great we've got the great big bouquets loaded down with clothes and the bow and everything in it. Mm-hmm. And then and you got the little carry on bag, which mine wasn't little. It was as big as I could get. And then the big bags, right at 49 pounds, you're allowed 50. Mm-hmm. And then coming back, we've got the bear and the Rubbermaid totes all taped up. So we definitely had to get a cart coming back through the airport. We had people pointing and laughing, and we we were bringing a lot of gear back with us. No, Could they tell what it was or anything like we that? We had to tell them what it was, yeah. So what do they say when you're like, yeah, there's a bear? The one guy's like, yeah, my buddy Joe, he was hunting in Colorado last year. You guys go on through, have a good time. But a lot of the times it's not like that. You have to pull out your license and your permits and show proof. Customs can be rough. Sometimes people will take apart the container and check and make sure you don't have anything in there. Man, I'd be so scared of like, nope, this is ours. That's or something like just disastrous like that. Well, as long as you don't have a criminal record, they usually don't give you too much. Yeah. It's like, how do people fly that kill moose or elk somewhere and you got to fly it home? How do you get the rack home? I would assume you find a great big container to put it in so they can't <sighs> beat it up too bad. And I saw, I think it might have been on Realtree Road Trips or I can't remember what show. It was Waddell. He had an elk and he took a garden hose and cut him up and duct taped the end of the garden hose to all the tines on oh, the antler. That's smart. The yeah. very end. But I think if I was in Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, anywhere out west, and I killed an elk, I would be like, yep, renting a car, buying the biggest Yeti I can buy, and getting as much of that meat home. Luckily, we do the podcast, so we can uh, take that. I'd run a semi, just put it in one of those pods containers, send it home, take the receipt, and write it off for taxes, boy. Yeah, we would just take take our our podcast tour bus, and we would just pack everything in that. Oh, yeah, because we we got one. We're going to put Ross and Austin's face on the the end there. (laughs) Just so the good-looking, yeah, just so the good-looking ladies follow us, you know. Yeah, but it's a lot. It's a pain in the butt dragging yeah, stuff oh yeah. through the airport. Scary. Or, or trying to bring stuff back. Diesel, but like, like dry t- ice. Like I told Austin, I'm like, man, it's you. It's a pain, but for me, I can't stand to be in a vehicle. Like after flying, I'll never. I don't want to drive ten hours now after doing it. I, yeah. I really? enjoyed it. But. I'm the other way. Yeah, fly Are for you? work. Yeah, I just got back from Arizona not too long ago, and 
it's I'm going back um, like Tuesday, um, but it's I don't like flying. I, I mean, no. I don't hate it. I can do it. I don't like airports, and I don't like the. No, that. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan. Well, it's I'll nice. tell you this: it's better than taking a 30 hour train ride to Phoenix because before I flew, I did that, and it took 30 hours. See, that would be miserable. <laughs> that that is true. The trade off is better, but I don't mind driving 10 hours. But mm. you know, it's not a 10 hour drive to Arizona, so yeah, it's just what you're forced to fly. Whatever. Yep. But. If I'm going to hunt, it might be a different. It might be a different vibe. Like if I'm flying for work, it's like mm, I'm going to flying for work. Right. You know, right. I'm leaving everyone and my friends and my family to go work somewhere. Or if I'm going to hunt, I'm like I'll see you bitches in a couple of weeks. I'm yeah, gonna go later. Black bear <laughs> deuces. <laughs> you know, it's a different. I guess it'd be a different attitude. I probably really love flying if I started out. Like my first flight ever was to Brazil for work. Ooh, that's a wait. Long that was the one. first time yeah. you were ever on a plane ever. How nice. long was that? It was I think like a twelve hour flight. Ooh. To South, uh, it was a two-hour flight to Dallas, and then like a, it was between eleven and thirteen-hour flight to Sao Paulo, Brazil, and then from there I had a two-hour flight to Porto Alegre, Brazil, and then our destination from Porto Alegre was an eight-hour drive to the factory I was going to. So I, don't I might know. not like flying so much if I had to spend twelve hours on one of them. I was on for like two hours and twenty minutes, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah, that's that was my flight to Dallas, and then I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then I get on this American Airlines flight to stay. I, it was overnight, and I woke up in Brazil pretty much. Yeah, and then the eight hour drive on top of it after all that flying, I was miserable. Imagine how much Crown Royal you guys would go through. Ooh. Man. So, you know what? Like, Larry McCoy just did that um, stag hunt in Argentina, and I was, like, so southern Brazil. I was right near Argentina, and it's like, I didn't know. I wouldn't. Ha- I didn't have my bow or anything to do that anyway. I probably didn't have the money at the time either and still don't, but, you know, if I was already down there, I might be like, hey, I'm going to fly out a week later than I should and try and do something or dove hunting or something down there. Right, right. They but. had a they had a good time on that red stag hunt, and that makes it a, a nice option for us. It's a little bit cheaper than going all the way to New Zealand, mm-hmm. and plus the flights half the time, you know, ten hour flight versus twenty some hours to New Zealand. Yeah, and they have huge stags. Oh, the one Jason shot was four ninety or something like that. It was a good it was lord. A it was a can you imagine? I didn't know they had stag in Argentina. I didn't I had no idea. I didn't I didn't really know much about it, and after listening to Jason, I think. I'm going to have to look into that someday. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I mean, I don't know what it cost them, but I wonder if you compared prices to an Argentina red stag hunt to a New Zealand red stag hunt, what half, it would actually be. Half the money. It is half the yeah. money. What the hell? I mean, until people start finding out about it, oh, it's yeah. going to be the same price. Yeah, let's talk about it some more. Right? Yeah, we shouldn't, should. have, shouldn't have said it on the most famous <laughs> hunting podcast. <laughs> my, my fiance, Sam, she was in New Zealand for work last year. Uh, she worked on farms like she backpacked. And she was in the woods walking. I guess it was the rut for stag. And she's like, she texted me. She's like half kidding. She's like, I swear I just heard a Sasquatch. And I'm like, she's like, it's like running through like this mountain area. And it's on the other side of this valley. And I can hear it like roaring. And I'm like, it's a red stag. Gotta be. Has to be. What else could it be? You know? I was like, it's probably a Sasquatch. So. Oh, probably. <laughs> but one of the farmers they all, her and her friends worked for was like a, a stag hunter and he's like yeah he's like your boyfriend come out and hunt i'll, I'll set him up and all this and she was kind of swiping through some pictures and they were like spikes little guys i'm like yeah i just that's it's the same dynamic right over there like you know there's you got your big bulls you see that we'd go to an outfitter and kill i mean that's the way i understood it anyway to be right i could be way wrong well yeah. and the thing is is you you if you're going to take a trip like that you want to everybody wants a a big whatever they're hunting right uh so, but i don't know you gotta take what if you, you go get. to if you spend the extra a little bit extra money a little bit of extra everything but go to an outfitter that is reputable and, and has done the stuff and has all everything that you mm-hmm. are hoping to shoot and uh you have better chances it's worth it i had a guy tell me that new zealand and uh africa are the best bang for your buck hunts yeah that's what I was told. He's probably bullshitting me. I don't know. Maybe. Respect was, the game is getting ready to go to Africa. Yeah, I saw that. I've heard Respect the Game is going to Africa. Clark Cones is on that trip. No, I'm, he isn't. Sure I, better, is. I, better, I better bid for that. Clark's <laughs> going to Africa? Yeah, oh, yeah. 
Dude, he's going to be so tan by the time he gets back. <laughs> That's what you came up with. Yeah, Clark's going to Africa. He's going to Man, I better hop on board with that. I better put a couple phone calls in. Yep. Austin, is that something you'd want to do with Africa? It's on further down the line. I've got a lot of other things I'd rather do first. But, yeah, eventually someday. You look mm-hmm. at talking about the economy, the value of it, three or four or five species for the same money as what you're going to pay to go hunt a caribou somewhere. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. you get to shoot a lot of a lot of species down there for the money. Yep. Hey, what would you rather shoot, a lion or a giraffe? Oh, the lion. Cecil. Oh, got to go for the lion. Cecil, yeah. Cecil. I, I'm going for the one on the park for sure. Dude, hell no. I'm shooting Jeffrey. Jeffrey? <laughs> <laughs> what? The giraffe? Jeffrey, for Toys for Us. I'm Some shooting your a, shit is way over my head, man. I'm shooting a giraffe. Imagine... That all that meat that you get there, Jeffrey the ge- uh, giraffe. Yeah, he's the Toys R Us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, yeah, right, Jeffrey. But <laughs> I would shoot a giraffe. Like, imagine that meat, dude. Look at that neck tenderloin that's going on. <laughs> the back straps, the back, <laughs> the, the neck roast. It's like, man, you got enough roast to feed this village. Oh, wait, <laughs> you're feeding a whole country with that. Yeah, I, I would shoot a giraffe in a heartbeat. Like, no joke. Thing is, you know, it gets. 100% utilized. Everything oh, over for there sure. gets utilized. And I, I would love to go to Africa. It's, I don't know, maybe if you asked me a year ago, I'd be like, yeah, but the more I get into it, and I would, I'd go right now over a lot of other hunts. A lot of, like you said, further down the line, but I guess if someone was like, hey, let's go to Africa. If the opportunity was there. Yeah. yeah. My, my problem is with Africa, like, I always like to do everything local. So, like, I don't like bottled water. So, I'd always want to drink the local water. Oh, yeah. Can't do that there. Well, you can. You could. Well, I could. Maybe the last time I drank water. <laughs> we couldn't drink water in Brazil. They told you not to. Oh, really? They told us not even to have, like, ice. Like, don't have a drink, like a mixed drink with ice cubes in it. Don't even do wow. that. Man, that's nuts. We did. I mean, it's it's all right. You'll Stay away up. from me. Bottled water. Brush your teeth in bottled water. Uh, get what well, I can't remember. Some sim gas. Like, they carbonated water is bigger down there. How do you shower? You just shower. You just don't. Just don't drink it. Yeah. That's where I get all my water. That's why I drink all my water. It's in the shower. <laughs> what do you guys are doing? But, yeah, the, uh, respect the game, going to Africa. You can bid on that hunt. You can. Right now it's open still. So Nice. They uh mm. looking for somebody. And it is a very – it's a, it's going to be an awesome hunt. And the thing about it is by going on this trip with respect the game, you get to go into the – oh, there's, a, there's like a – an extra safari that normally you don't get you now you get to go in there and see the pride land or whatever you want to call it i don't know what it's called pride rock yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking yeah about. so you get to go in there and see this stuff you don't get to kill anything in there but you get to it's basically just a this is the prime ground that you get to drive through and it's pretty it's going to be awesome for those guys so whoever yeah, whoever awesome. gets to go on it's going to have a good time i would love to go but you know life yeah Life uh, 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 finds a way to drain your wallet. Yeah. It would be cool, man. I I don't know. I don't know the, all the African animals by, by name, but I'd like to kill some sort of, like, buffalo over there, like like Black Death, like one of the, t- the Dangerous Five would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Water Cape Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. the leopard would be up there high for me. I, all these cool. uh, outdoor channel shows I watch, the leopard looks really elusive and it's tough for guys to get. I think the leopard would be a fun one to go after. I agree for Someone sure. Someone shot a hippo mm-hmm. with a bow. Really? Yeah, I don't know how they did that, but yeah, I, I I saw that post. I was like, really? Dude, Cam Haynes was going to Australia and killing those uh, invasive Asian water buffalo down yeah. there. Have you seen those? They're huge. Really? They're monsters. And yeah, it's kind of like a Cape buffalo, like an African Cape buffalo, but they're only kind. Of, I mean, they're they look different, but probably the same body size relatively. But I heard a rumor that you can. Um, I, I don't know how true it is. Maybe in certain parts, but in Australia. You can shoot kangaroo. I don't. Think I've heard. I've heard that. I could believe it. I think they're kind of a nuisance over there. Yeah, they're kind of like deer. I. I thought they I didn't have guns in to... Australia. No, you can have bows. I have to, I, have to, yeah. I see people all the time with like with guns in Australia, but I thought you couldn't have them. Eh, I don't know what to look into. Why, that. We shouldn't be talking about that right now. But no. I don't know if they actually shoot kangaroos <laughs> or not. I know the like the nuisance ones, like the smaller, whatever. Wallabies, yeah, like a wallaby. I think those are like a big nuisance. But. That's what Rocco was, man. I blow a wallaby away. You need cartoons, <laughs> Rocco. <laughs> yeah, Rocco's my life. He's a wallaby. 
Anyways, uh, <laughs> the first half of this episode was very informative. Then we were getting Steve along took good. over. Good <laughs> lord! African conversation was going great, and then I brought up Australia, and Steve wants to save the wallabies. <laughs> so to wrap it up on uh, the bear hunt, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to? Just a big shout out to Jason for running a top notch crew and uh facility it was it was a blast i'd recommend anybody to go up there and check it out i mean my best friend went up there with me he sat the night he killed his bear on the third night he seen eight bears in one night jason just put a post up on instagram he was looking at bear number 12 for the night i mean this guy's got the bears they've got a lot more bears than they do people up there so it's it's, a good thing if you're going hunting yeah it's fun i'm interested i'm gonna look into that it might be that's definitely in the next three years for me for sure definitely it's it's something i need to really lock in and get serious about i'm trying hard to hound in like a a new hunt and whether that be i'm trying to get maybe to arizona this winter to kill a muley or i'm applying for points for utah i'm getting ready and that's gonna be what do you apply for for utah just a limited entry bowl or what i just yeah i just get my preference points you buy the license and then have you that's what i've been doing i killed a good bull in 06 in utah did you really yep in the wasatch mountains how many points does it take for you to draw a tag six yep i started hunting when i was 14 out there and started putting in for the permit and do it in 06 so i know when i'm when i go back to arizona my buddy's like if you can take a hunter safety course that gives you a permanent point in arizona Mm -hmm. and i think utah is the same way you always get a point and then don't they give you a like a dedicated hunter point if you apply for points so many years you got you get a point that always stays there i don't know about that I, I applied for many years in a row, and then I quit, and I've just started back up because I'm trying to draw the Cougar permit. I've got seven. Oh, really? I think I've got seven points for the Cougar now. So. Really? so I got my first points for mule deer and elk in Utah, um, and then I'm going to start doing all the sheep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it works. And you buy the license, buy your points, and then next year you don't have to buy the license again and get your point. And I'm learning all that Western hunting stuff. Yep. It's I got a lot of buddies like Clint Casper's helped me out out a lot. Scott Bakken from HHA has been helping me out mm-hmm. a lot. So I'm trying to get it done. You it, you can't get it done if you don't try. Right. Yeah. The so. biggest thing is just start in and start applying, and you uh, put your name in there enough, they're eventually going to pull it out. Yep. And the way I understand, have you ever hunted anywhere else for elk or anything like that in the western states? I or? haven't. Just Utah. See, I was on. Is it New Mexico? I don't know if you've heard this. Is it's you either get your tag or you don't, and there's no points. Which sucks if you're a resident, yeah. Because you yeah. still you apply like everyone else, Ugh, yeah. But the opportunity's there to kill a good bull. You know, you could apply this year and draw this year, and you could go kill a good bull in New yeah. Mexico. And so that's a know, risk, man. But it is it worth taking? I, I think it is. Think so why is, not apply every year? Yeah, I don't know if you get your money back though. Who cares? Who cares? Well. It's worth a shot, honestly. It is. It is. Right. It You'd is, rather I do guess. that than buy lottery tickets, I guess. You're buying a lottery ticket by trying to Yeah, do you essentially are, but the, the payout is a giant bull. Absolutely. No, that's right. It's true. It's not... Uh, I think you only... The license fee you don't get back. You don't have to pay the whatever hundreds of dollars for the tag. You don't, oh, yeah. You don't pay that unless you draw. What it boils down to is you only live once. YOLO. And... Like the late Drake... <laughs> said <laughs> wait late drake he ain't dead <laughs> he is to me no, he, he, he is highly successful right now <laughs> i have no idea what we're talking he about is to me <laughs> oh yeah it's uh he's the what's uh he's a rapper what's happening okay so but, yeah thank you Austin, for coming on the podcast <laughs> so yeah thank you Austin, for the first time being in the bucketorium hey it was what, a good time guys what do you think about being in our home turf it's Nice and cozy. So it's small. Pretty it tight, is. but it's it's cozy. Gets the job done. Yeah, I love it. Crown's good. It's all good. That a boy. Ross, you got anything to add in closing? Uh, nope. Nice job, Austin. Steve? Okay, nothing from Steve. Guys, <laughs> thanks for listening to the podcast. Check out workingclassboner.com. The store is up. New hats are in. New shirt designs on the way. Uh, go get you some goodies, and we love you. Go shoot your bow. <laughs>